Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel, and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. So we got today a Narcissistic Central show. Now Nancy was going to be doing this with me and I'm just back from Sydney so I've just walked in the door to do the show and I've just uh, realised Nancy's had a shift change so she's not actually going to be here on this show so I'll be rescheduling something with Nancy really, really soon and what we may even do because Nancy's got so much great knowledge, we might even expand this show and do some more on it because no contact is such a really, really big topic. So welcome everybody and uh, welcome to everybody that's listening in from the States or from the UK or anywhere in Australia or anywhere else throughout Europe and the world. And please know that you can always listen to these shows in archives at any time as a healing resource. All you need to do is you can get them straight off the Blog Talk radio page or you can go to my website which is www.melanietoniaevans.com and you can go direct to my radio link. It's always updated with the shows that are coming up and you can look at any of the show topics through the archives, go back through them. And the great thing is, if there's one that you really, really need, you can listen to it time and time again. And I know that a lot of people uh, are listening to the shows in bed of a night, they're putting them on their iPhones, they're playing them in the car. And really, the great thing about empowerment and healing and recovery is so much about feeding yourself the good stuff, about really getting your focus off what you don't want in your life and getting empowered and healed and whole in relation to the things that you do want in your life. And these shows will definitely help you do that. So what this show is about is about no contact. And this is in regard to the journey of recovery from narcissistic abuse. So within this show, I'm going to be talking about why we need to do it. And if we do slip up, what is what can the experience teach us? If you do fall back on no contact, are you back to square one? And I actually want to share with you when we go through these points a little bit about my journey about when I did slip on no contact and what it actually brought about for me. So you'll discover in this show where you're at in your healing journey in regard to maintaining no contact. Now the chat room is open and I've got great reception where I am and I can actually view the chat room. So if there's anybody in there that would like to post any questions or any comments, I'll be watching the chat room and I can answer questions for you. And we're going to get started on this show. So people that have been narcissistically abused are very, very aware 
that when they're trying to break away from the narcissist and they're trying to recover from the narcissist, that there is an enormous addiction aspect that goes down with it. And that addiction aspect is things like repetitive compulsion disorder, whereby what's happening is you're trying to get sanity, you're trying to get accountability, and you're trying to get the narcissist to take responsibility for behaviour. Now, what happens in that is you get hooked to that and you're trying to get the same reasonable response. You're trying to get something for the narcissist that's actually going to give you some peace, some closure, some decent behaviour, some safety, and it's not forthcoming because with narcissists, what they do is not be accountable. They don't be responsible. And they'll twist and turn facts. They do a lot of projection, which means that it's not my fault, it's your fault. And I'm not going to take responsibility. Narcissists also do not have the components of doing humility in a healthy way. It's a very, very rare thing for somebody with narcissistic tendencies to actually be able to self-reflect quickly about what they've done and say, I'm sorry, that's just pathological, it's over the top, it's abusive, it's out of line. That just doesn't happen. And what the narcissist will do is actually create a false self-reality around that and continue on with the blame flowing, the projection, and won't act decently. So when you're working off a normal human model, and you're trying to get that sort of stuff going in your life. Now, the thing is, if you're hooked into a narcissist, it's going to be somebody significant in your life. It's going to be a family member. It's often a love partner, or it may be a boss. So it's going to be somebody that holds a vital key for your life. In other words, they're a big part of your life. You become enmeshed with this person in your life, and you've lost yourself in relation to relating to this person. So what happens is you actually feel that your well-being is dependent on what this person is or isn't doing in your life experience, which is actually ultimately an illusion, and that's part of the recovery of it. So what happens is if you are hooked and addicted, which is very, very likely, And for people that are hooked and addicted, a lot of people, which is great, are actually going to the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery page, which is a recovery page that I've set up on Facebook. So all you have to do is if you put in a search on Facebook, NARC, you'll see Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Central. Now, that page, if you get on there, there's a lot of people on there that are working through no contact, a lot of people that are out the other side of no contact and have been doing it for extended periods of time and really regaining themselves. And what you will get is a lot of support about no contact, how to do it, what you need to do, how you may slip at times and how you can fall back on the hook. Now, when we're thinking about narcissists, Narcissistic abuse is a massive addiction and it's very physiological, which a lot of people don't understand. And what I mean by that is that you literally get hooked to the drug and the drug is a narcissist. And when we look at that in a logical way, it absolutely may not make sense in any shape or form. Why on earth would you get hooked and addicted to somebody that is clearly abusing you and continuing to abuse you. 
Now, the thing is, with body cellular addiction, it's unconditional. It doesn't actually, like heroin, like gambling, like alcohol, like cigarettes, like any destructive addiction, like workaholism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, your body does not actually define cellularly, that's not good for me, we're going to cut that addiction, we're not going to do that addiction. What actually happens is that when you're trying to seek relief outside of yourself through something on the outside and you're trying to get relief, however, you're getting big, massive charges off it. So, for example, a heroin addict or a cigarette smoker, what happens is they're having cravings, they're actually addicted, and when they actually go and get some of that energy from that cigarette or from, from that heroin hit, they get relief in that moment. So you're chasing the relief all the time. You're chasing the relief. Now, in narcissistic abuse, what happens is when you've been with a narcissist, originally you had that high, you had that overwhelming cocktail of I'm in love, this is the person, this is, this is my whole reality that's finally been delivered to me. Thank you, God. This is my partner for life. Then what happens is as the narcissistic personality starts emerging, th- that gets replaced by that idolism starts becoming as discrediting. And the abuse starts and the stripping of your self-esteem starts and the craziness starts and the things that don't add up start and, and the, 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 the rage and the blame throwing and the non-accountability and the twists and the turns and so many things happen that just aren't within the realm of normal human operation. And what you're getting out of those things is trauma, trauma on a massive, massive level. So, you know, your brain actually stands back and assesses these situations, creates a neuropeptide electrical, sorry, a neuron, brain neuron wiring electrical signal that is all about trauma and pain and victimism and um, injustice and abuse and all these horrible, horrible things. And what happens is that brain signal travels to your hypothalamus, which is the chemical manufacturing plant of your brain, which creates this cocktail of these nasty, nasty peptides that get released out through your bloodstream and they go to the cells of your body. And what happens is the cells of your body has receptors that open that actually allow that peptide into the cell of your body. Now, when you're getting regular doses of big charges of peptides, what happens is every time your cells are multiplying, they will actually recreate with that particular peptide received that particular receptor to receive that particular peptide. And you're actually getting physiologically addicted to getting that rush, that charge of that peptide. Now, we all know trauma, victimization, injustice. How on earth could you do that? How could somebody who loves me do that to me? You know, it's the ultimate dismay. It's the ultimate betrayal. It's the ultimate, my reality of love is being shattered. So they're gut-wrenching feelings, and we feel them through our body, and they're powerful, and they wrap our body on a really, really intense level. They're big rushes of peptides. Now, what happens is the cells in your body are gearing up to get more and more of those peptides on a regular basis. Now, this is the really scary part. Your body, your being, your cellular being is going to want 
to go to the narcissist to get more of that. That's exactly what happens on a physiological peptide addiction. So you are literally addicted to contact. Now, what that means is, is, and this is why people cannot believe, they know logically, this person is destroying my life, is destroying my soul. But why do I keep thinking, I want to ring this person, I want to text this person, I want to email this person, you know, every time my phone goes off, every time an email, I hear a ping and it hits my inbox, everything in my body is wracked with this, this pain, but yet I want this, I want this, you know. And because you've had narcissistic abuse, you're shattered. It means that you're not whole, you're not in your body, you don't feel like you've got healthy self-esteem or fullness or the confidence to make powerful decisions in your life or to hang out in the pain of being alone and back yourself. You know, you're feeling so broken that this addiction is really hard to fight off. It's extremely important to understand you're going through a physiological addiction. It's a massive addiction. I've worked personally with people that have been previous heroin addicts that have actually busted off the addiction with the narcissist and they've all claimed it is 10 times harder than heroin. So what greater compelling um, peptide rush through our body, love, fear, pain, connected with love. It's powerful. And the same can apply with a parent because, you know, this parent on, on, a, a, on a metaphysical level on a conception level, on a, on, a, on a being level, is represents security, love, your entire identity. So they're really, really big things. So this is why no contact such a big deal. Now, like any addiction that's destroying you and ripping you down, the narcissist is no different. So every time you go in for, no, for contact, you're going to come out more battered than you did before you went in. And then you've got more, more to repair and more to recover and more to heal, you know. So it's like the heroin addict. For the years that they're in heroin, the longer they do it, the longer it is to heal and become whole. And it's an inevitable transaction of ourself if we have to do this. And this is where the mind plays tricks. This is where addictions play tricks. Just one more. I can handle it. I can approach it this way and get a different result. I can talk to the narcissist and I can win this argument. I can force the narcissist to be accountable this time. There are so many ways that your mind will trick you into going to get that addiction because the cellular body is the force that is actually creating that within you and your mind is trying to beat that force and it's going to cave in. It's going to cave in unless you understand how to do no contact. So this is like detoxifying a massive addiction. There are so many other reasons why we get addicted. I've only touched on a couple. Okay. And one of my blog if you go back through my blogs for anybody that's listening that hasn't actually subscribed to New Life Newsletter, you can actually do that by going to my website, go to my homepage, go to Narcissistic Central, go in there and subscribe. And what you'll be able to do is get 
my two free ebooks on all of this. One of them is No Contact, which is vital information. And also, too, you can go through back my archive of blogs because there's some really good material in there in regard to why you're addicted and what's going on. And I know for myself, when I actually learned about the physiological addictions, about trauma bonding, that's a particular article that you need to look at, about Stockholm Complex, about infantile regression and about repetitive compulsion disorder. You look at those Molotov cocktails of, of addictive aspects that hook you into narcissistic abuse and you're going to start seeing the picture clearly. And you're also going to start realizing that you have got to support yourself in no contact. That's, that's absolutely vital. Because what's going to happen is you're going to realize you're going to get straight with yourself enough to say, I cannot keep going back to touch the stove that is burning me. I cannot keep picking up the hand grenades that keeps exploding. All it is is damage. And narcissists are incredible at this. They thrive off in their own weird way. They, what they're after, they're addicts too. They are after narcissistic supply. They are after contact. They're after attention. They're after the knowing that you're broken, that you're uh, going crazy, that they are important enough to affect another human being in that way. That's the narcissistic drug. That's the kick, that's the high that they get. So this is never about, to the narcissist, you making contact with them and getting resolution, win-wins or solutions to even breaking up amicably. It's never about that. It's not about that for the narcissist. The narcissist wants to keep a trail of broken people in their wake that are going to continually remind them of how special they are to be able to make other human beings suicidal, crack, distressed, pleading, begging, all of those sorts of things. So you need to understand that, that if you've actually gone through the checklist of narcissistic abuse, and you can go to my website and you can have a look at the two articles which are there, Narcissism Understood and Characteristics and Traits of uh, Narcissistic Personality Disorder. If you're ticking the boxes, you're with a narcissist or you're with somebody who has high levels of narcissism. And that means they're going to be going for the ego feed. That means they actually don't care about your well-being. They are after narcissistic supply. So you're never going to get any resolution. I've never met anybody that can actually get in the ring with a narcissist and get resolution. It's not about that. They're not interested in resolution. They want narcissistic supply. So get very, very clear about those things. And then what you're going to have to do in your mind is work out that I have to get off this drug that is destroying me. I'm physiologically hooked and that means I'm in really bad shape. And I'm unwell because we can all stand there and go, the narcissist is unwell. We know the narcissist is unwell. The narcissist is a narcissist. Okay? Now, that's their deal. But what's your deal? Your deal is how to heal and how to get no contact going so that you can start healing because it would be like a gambler. You know, they might go three or four months and then they might walk into a venue and go, you know what? I can just put $10 through. They can't. Before you know it, they're blowing their pay packet for the next three weeks. 
and this is what happens with narcissistic abuse, is that if you get back on the hook, what's going to happen is that you could really, really plummet down. Now, when you do break no contact with a narcissist, what will happen, especially if you go back to the narcissist, this time you go back, what will happen is the episodes that are going to follow are going to be even worse than the ones before because the narcissist is still holding resentment, is still blaming you and is going to be so miffed that you actually got away and started retaining yourself for a period of time that they're going to escalate the punishment. And that's exactly what happens. And that's absolutely what happened to me in my journey of narcissistic abuse. Okay, now why do people cave in? You know, why do they slip? The reasons that we slip is that we've taken our focus off healing ourselves and we've started putting our focus back on the narcissist. That's what happens. That's why we slip. Because we start feeling empty, we start feeling needy, we start feeling the longing, the the sentimentality, the loss, the loss of our lifestyle, the loss of what we thought our life was going to be, the dream, the fairy tale. Or we are still charging so heavily on injustices, um, insane behaviour, holding the the narcissist's behaviour to ourselves and saying, well, I'm like this because you did this to me. They're all the reasons that we can fall back on the hook and make contact or take contact from the narcissist. So no contact means no contact. People that have actually got children with narcissists and need to work out joint parental arrangements or they're going through financial settlements and etc. etc. If possible, set up third parties. Absolutely set up third parties. Okay, if you can't do that, well then you're going to have to do very strict minimal contact with the narcissist to be able to retain your sanity and to be able to move on and to be able to heal. People that are in businesses with narcissists, you know, there's a lot of people that have really had to understand that if you want to heal and recover, you may have to suffer losses, big losses on a financial level. But when we weigh up the value of our soul to the value of bricks and mortar and finances, there is absolutely no comparison. And this is a deep soul lesson that we need to leave, to learn. My losses were horrendous in breaking away from my narcissistic relationship. Absolutely horrendous. And I know a lot of people that have had that happen. But what happens is when we do realize that our soul is of the greatest value, our peace, our happiness, our ability to align with loving ourselves and creating a real life of love and joy, well then nothing is worth not doing that. It really isn't. I know of women that have been the refuges that have lost everything, that have rebuilt their life and created a life through their authentic truth and their alignment that far exceeds the false reality that you're having with a narcissist because the life you have with a narcissist isn't real. It's a scripted version of what the narcissist would like to believe they are. And when you're living a scripted version with somebody, what is generally the case is that cracks appear, the narcissist is disheveled, there's always drama, you know, things are a house of cards, they're not going to hold up. The narcissist has this deep inner mechanism of inner self-punishment. So what happens with a narcissist is even if their life starts going well, 
they are going to create trauma, reasons for it to go unwell, reasons for them to be punished, reasons for them to not feel happy about their life. And you're in there all of the time wearing the brunt of these crazy things that are happening emotionally and practically and financially. It's no way to live. You know, you are much better off creating an authentic platform, wiping the ball clear and starting from scratch and going, well, you know what, at least this way I can create peace, I can create harmony, I can create truth and I can create, I have a blank easel that I can paint the picture of my life on and it might take a while to rebuild but even if it's nothing like at the flashy, showy level of some narcissist, it's real it's it's great so these are all the things that you need to really look at and get straight with yourself and realize that you need to break away you need to get off the addiction and we do that we start doing that with no contact no contact means no contact so what no contact means is is that you don't reply to things that you don't contact the narcissist it means that you block emails you block phone calls, you block Facebook, you don't look at Facebook pages, you don't go onto dating sites where the narcissist might have put up a profile, you don't, or if you do for yourself and you're far enough in recovery, you block their page so you don't see them come up and they can't see you. So there's all sorts of mechanisms that you can actually use to block to do no contact. And if the narcissist continues to contact, you only need to tell them once, don't ever contact me again. And if they do, you put an intervention order on them. And you actually say to the courthouse, sit down with somebody and say, this person has completely psychologically and emotionally abused me. I've felt suicidal. I'm falling apart. It's an ex-partner. I need them out of my life. I don't want to contact them anymore. And I don't want them in my life. And I don't, I don't want to live like this. And you're going to be really honest and really clear and you will get an intervention order put on that person. You'll get an interim order put on that person. And if they defend it, have witnesses, have records, have whatever you need to do to just walk your moral civil right of living a life in peace. Now, what's going to be tough about that, doing all of that at that level, your whole body is going to be screaming, I want contact with this person because you're physiologically addicted to the abuse. And that's the part of you that you've got to stand up to and do something about. Now, what happens is when you've had no contact, what happens is you go into massive withdrawal, massive withdrawal. So when you're in the fight with the narcissist and you're hooked up in contact or you're living with them or, you know, the messages are still going backwards and forwards, you're getting a hit as the drug. It's horrible, it's awful, but your body's getting the hit of the drug. So what happens is when you cut it, or even when the narcissist you know, disappears and doesn't contact you for two weeks, you are going to start trembling, you're going to start shaking, you're going to feel like you are completely losing your mind because of this physiological addiction that's hammering you to have contact with the narcissist. So this is where you've got to heal. 
this is massively where you've got to heal. And you've got to pull out every stop and everything that you can do to support yourself in this time. Now, this is where I'm a massive advocate about absolutely understand narcissistic abuse. Get that information as soon as you can so that you have an understanding. Because at a human level, when we look at how narcissists operate, we can't get it. It, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit a model of human behavior, how people can act like that. So you need to understand that this person is sick. They suffer from narcissistic personality disorder. So they are going to operate in ways that don't make sense. Now narcissism and how narcissism manifests as behavior is all very stock standard. It's ego-driven, it's fueled by pathological lies, and it's all about power and control. It's, it's not about normal human operation. So when you understand that, you know narcissists operate like that because they're narcissists. So it's like the story about the crocodile that takes the animal across the river and the animal says to the crocodile, you know, you promised me you'll take me to the other side. Okay, I trust you. Thank you. Gets on the back of the crocodile and the crocodile halfway across, flicks the animal up and while it's about to chomp on the animal, the animal says, you told me. You were going to take me to the other side safely. And the crocodile said, I'm a crocodile. What do you expect me to do? Of course I'm going to eat you. That's the narcissist. So what can be very, very confusing is the narcissist will tell you one thing and do the complete opposite. And they will lure you into believing they're going to act like a decent human being. And they're not going to act like a decent human being because they don't even want to. They're not wired that way. So... When you understand all of that, you know that you cannot change this person's brain wiring. You cannot get them to grow a conscience. You cannot get them to take responsibility, be sorry, be humble, and have remorse. None of that's going to happen. You're going to get narcissistically abused and keep feeding their ego if you keep in contact. So you know you need to get off the hook. So you get off the hook, and then what's going to happen is you are going to go into massive withdrawal. I call it aftershock, okay? And aftershock is horrendous. This is the danger period. This is the period where people go back to the narcissist. This is the period where people get in contact with a narcissist and they say, whatever you need, I will grant you it to be with you. So they will drop all their boundaries, all their personal rights, all their sense of self-respect to hook back to the narcissist when you're in profound aftershock or you may be suicidal or you may to try and stop the horrific pain of aftershock you may turn to drugs alcohol promiscuity all sorts of diversions to try and other addictions to try and bust off the anxiety and the pain and none of those things work they're not the actual solution. The solution in aftershock is to fully focus on yourself. Okay, I understand what a narcissist is. I don't have to sit for 30 hours a week researching narcissism or it might be 10 hours a day. I've got to stop reading about the narcissist and I've got to realize that I am sick. I'm sick. I'm physiologically addicted. I'm going through aftershock. How do I how do I fix that? What do I need to do? The things that I love doing about that is 
the profound universal understanding that everything in our life happens for a reason and every experience in our life is offering us an incredible opportunity to come home, to heal, to evolve and to change our past dysfunctional patterns. Now, I don't believe really that there's any more profound example of that than narcissistic abuse. And the patterns that we're needing to heal is to recognize self-love, self-approval, because a huge big twist and turn with narcissistic abuse is we're trying to get approval and love outside of ourselves from somebody who has absolutely no intention of providing it on a solid, durable level. They don't have it for themselves. They can't provide it. What they actually are is a tormented inner self that has to hold somebody else to blame for the way they feel. So that's not self-love and self-approval or outside love and outside approval. And the reality of the, the fact of the truth that when we're caught up, when we've, we chose a narcissist, unconsciously we had no idea we were choosing a narcissist, but we chose a narcissist. And we chose a narcissist for a very, very good reason because we didn't as yet have solid, durable self-love or self-approval. People that are addiction-prone are very susceptible to narcissists because they've always been trying to ease inner anxiety by getting something outside of themselves. So if you're addiction-prone, narcissistic abuse is a very, very high possibility for you. Codependents are very, very susceptible to narcissistic abuse. No, my worthiness comes from things outside of me. And when the narcissist shows up in your life, you think this is the answer to all of your inner emptiness because this person is so amazing, loves me so much, has so much to offer. This is absolutely everything I've ever wanted. I'm going to have lifestyle and dreams with this person. I'm going to have the love I've always wanted that I've never really felt for myself on an inner level. These are all the reasons that narcissists come into our life. And what they actually reflect back to us ultimately when the mask is dropped and the narcissistic personality appears, is that we don't love and approve of ourselves, that we have been empty, that we have been searching for self outside of self, that we've never actually established a true self. We don't love and support ourselves. We're not solid within ourselves. Or maybe we've been working off ego. You know, maybe our approval has always been who we're, our self-approval who I'm with, what I have, how people see me. It's not important how people see you. It's important how you see yourself. So this is the, the huge, incredible journey of recovery is about stop looking at why did you do this to me? What is your pathological disorder? Stop researching it. Stop gaining as much information as you can about that and drop that and come home to working on self. And this is where you've got to get really honest with yourself. And this helps with acceptance. When you're in resistance, this was a really bad deal. This was horrible. This is not how I saw my life. I've wasted three months, ten years, four decades, whatever it is with this person. When you're in that sort of resistance, which means you're not in acceptance, which means what happened to me is a crummy deal. I can't accept it. I'm in pain about it. What's always going to happen is you're going to try and get answers outside of yourself to try and fix yourself. And ultimately, you want the narcissist to fix it for you. You want them to wipe out the last 10 years of misery, torment, and abuse and morph themselves into a fairy instead of a crocodile. It's not going to happen. 
So you have to become that fairy to yourself. You've got to get yourself to the other side of the river. Nobody else can do it for you. So this is where you get really real with yourself. And it means you're going to have to spend time with yourself, self-reflecting, reading, journaling, doing self-empowerment courses, going to get healings, going to get your answers to yourself to be able to fill and heal that empty void and that torment and the, the, the pain and the results of the abuse. You're going to be in complicated traumatic stress disorder. You're going to be agoraphobic. You're going to be an anxious, empty, broken mess. So this is the time when no contact comes into play. Those feelings that you've got, that pain and that inner torment and that obsession and that inner emptiness is going to hit you like a freight train. Because what happens when you're caught up in the fight, you don't have time to process the last trauma before the next one hits. You're in the moment trying to deal with traumas usually extremely dysfunctionally without good boundary function, and you're going to be hooking in and hooking in and hooking in. But you haven't had time to process. When you stand still, when you stop and the contact stop, then what happens is the episodes from 10 years ago, two months ago, last week, they're going to come and they're going to hit, and they're going to hit hard. So you've got to be prepared. So... You've got to know about the resources. You've got to be doing the things that are going to help you. You've got this massive cellular addiction. You've got trauma. You've got complicated traumatic stress disorder. You've got agoraphobia. You feel completely unsafe in the world. You don't trust anyone. You don't trust yourself. You're in a terrible space. You cannot trust anything in life until you trust yourself. Everything has got to come from self. So this is where instead of trying to run from yourself, run from that battered inner person that is screaming out in agony, you've got to stop and you've got to turn around and you've got to embrace him or her and you've got to say, I'm giving you my full attention and I'm going to heal you. I'm going to grant you what you need. I'm going to stop with the inner resistance and the inner dialogue. This is a terrible deal. Why did this happen to me? Why did you do this to me? That inner dialogue has got to turn to, okay, you have my attention. I love you. I'm here to support you. I'm going to give you everything you need to heal. So we change, We have to change how we feel about ourselves because when we have no self-esteem and when we are broken, of course we don't like ourselves. We judge ourselves. We come up with things like, how could you have done this? How could you have been so stupid to trust this person? How could you keep going back in the ring to get hurt more and more and more? All of that's got to stop. And the dialogue's got to go to, this all happened for a reason. At a soul level, I was putting myself through this ingeniously to bring myself to a place where it hurts so much that I have no choice other than to come home to myself. And that's exactly what you were doing. You were co-creating this experience so that you could heal, so that you could change your life and ultimately you can get on that ferry and get across the other side of the river to an existence and experience and a knowing and a fullness within self that you couldn't have even believed was possible even way before this narcissistic experience. And that's actually exciting. 
So it's all about perception. It's all about why. It's all about what's the reason. What is the bigger picture here? And if you can work on that and focus on that and make that your mission, you're going to heal. You're going to heal. And what happens is it's all about vibrational matches. When you're empty, when you're out of true self, when you're completely susceptible to narcissistic abuse, you are a perfect match for the narcissist. And every cell in your body is vibrating on wanting that charge of narcissistic abuse. So you're going to hook up. You're going to not hold no contact. You can easily, easily fall back in. Changing your inner self changes your vibration. And then what happens is when you change your inner self, you start getting this incredible clarity. And you start getting resolution on the obsessions and the agonies. And what eventually ends up happening is you think about the narcissist and it actually feels like something so alien and so different to you and so not a match for you that it's just, oh yeah, oh well, that's just... Like it's like you actually start looking back and it's like a memory of a memory that's just not your reality. Now, everybody that does recovery at a deep inner level hits that point. So they stop being a victim. They stop feeling like a victim. And they can actually look back at the narcissistic experience and go, thank you so much for coming into my life and granting me the ability to become empowered. But none of this ever happens if you continue contact. And your brain will try and trick you. will say to you, like it does with every addiction, you can keep doing this and you can get well. I can have just one more cigarette and I'm going to be a non-smoker. I'll just have one more drink. I'll just go put $10 through the slot machine. All of that is your brain tricking you. I'll just go see this narcissist one more time. Just one more hit. Never works. It cannot work and it will not work. It has to come from complete withdrawal. So when that withdrawal hits, this is where you've got to spend time with you. Of course you can do distractions if you want. But ultimately, sooner rather than later, you are going to have to come home to self. It has to be done. And that's going to be in your bedroom with your journal, being really real with yourself, really honest with yourself. It's going to be about reading the right books, about codependency, about boundary function. It's going to be getting all the aha moments in your life about the patterns about why your childhood led you into this, why you've actually never been able to speak up and honour yourself and be straight. You've always had a fear of being judged, not being approved of, being criticised, being abandoned, being rejected. If you've been running those programs, you are susceptible to narcissistic abuse, point blank. So it is only through healing those inner dysfunctions that we actually change on an inner level. So not only do we become clear and free of the narcissist, we change everything in our life. And the narcissist has been the powerful catalyst that has allowed us to be able to do that. Thank goodness. And you know what? It is the ultimate insult to a narcissist for you to become empowered as a result of what they did to you. The ultimate insult that a narcissistic ego will never be able to cope with. That's the best revenge every single time. Okay? You being broken 
trying to get a conscience to emerge, trying to wave up to the narcissist the flag of my life has become this because of you. That's not revenge. That's not getting your way. The narcissist will go beauty. Fantastic. What a compliment that I am so omnipotent that I can affect you in that way. But when you move on and you get empowered and they become not your reality, you know, that actually tears the narcissist's soul apart because that's not what they set out to create and do. They didn't want you to thrive. They wanted you to suffer more than what they are. So thriving, that's why I love the term that it's not about surviving narcissistic abuse. Okay, people that survive narcissistic abuse are diminished. They're never as good as what they were before it happened to them. What happens is they get out, they feel broken, they feel fearful, they can be cynical, they run a high risk of attracting another narcissist or they run a high risk of being alone for the rest of their life or having unfulfilling relationships or being in a relationship with somebody that is healthy and is safe and sabotaging the relationship as a result of their unhealed inner parts. You know, surviving means I can function in the world but I'm not going to have a great experience. Thriving means that you come out of it and you go to a much greater level of experience and we're always ongoing. There's going to be more to learn, more to heal, more to create. There's one thing to survive and thrive on your own. And then, of course, there's the other journey of how to connect and be fully present in a relationship. But step number one is how to become a thriver in your own energy, in your own way, that narcissistic abuse is not your reality. That ex-partner, that family member is not your reality. Which brings me to a point in regard to no contact, in regard to family members, that the truth of the matter is that if you lay boundaries with somebody which says, this is or isn't my reality, this is how you need to be in my experience for me to accept you in my life. If you're not, you won't be. That absolutely can mean that you may have to cut family members. You may have to go through the wrath of other family members. You may have to go through the smear campaigns through family and friends because every narcissist, when they're not getting their way, creates smear campaigns. They're going to discredit you as much as possible, which brings another enormous gift of self-empowerment. It's not important what other people think about me. It's important what I think about me. And when I know me and I'm my truth, I can just walk that, be that, people can think and do what they want to think and do. Not my reality. You know, that is true empowerment. So all of that might be taking place in your life. So you go confront within yourself what it is that's keeping you hooked in, what it is that you need to heal, and you've actually got to get your focus fully on yourself. So stop going online and reading about sociopaths and narcissists. Stop trying to work out the narcissist. Work out yourself. And you'll feel it. You'll feel it every single time that when you go online and you keep reading about what narcissists do, initially it's going to give you relief. Initially, because it's going to answer some questions for you. But as soon as possible or in conjunction with that, you need to be sitting with that journal and you need to get really square with yourself. And you need to look up codependency and boundary functions. And you need to work on self-love and self-approval. And you need to start creating mantras, exercises in your life, ways of supporting yourself, ways of getting healings. I love body work, acupuncture, kinesiology, quantum freedom healing. 
because at a cellular addiction level, you need to start shifting energy. You need to get, it's toxic. What is in your cells, those nasty peptides are toxic. They're horrible peptides. And what happens is they're in the cells of your body literally destroying your cells. They're ripping out vitamins. They're decreasing oxygen. They're creating physical pain. Anybody who knows, who's gone through narcissistic abuse knows your body is racked with pain. You physically feel it. You feel disassociative. You feel numb. You're literally in pain. You can barely move. You are absolutely consumed by toxic amino acids in the cells in your body. The most powerful way to start moving and shifting them out of your body is through energetic vibrational body work. And if you don't believe me, just go and do it. You know, if you go, how does that work? Or I can't get my head around that. I urge you to go and get it done because you're going to start getting relief. And you're going to get relief a lot faster than if you're going to be sitting in a chair speaking to a therapist on a cognitive head level. And this is the phenomena of narcissistic abuse when, and I know for myself, that when I actually first went through it and I didn't have body work, I went and saw a personality disorder specialist. I got all of the information about no contact, why I needed to do it. She told me I had three options if I stayed in the relationship. He was going to kill me. I was going to kill myself. I was going to end up in a mental institution. That was it. Those were my options if I stayed. That, that was it. You know, so I knew on every level, she told me stories about how she had worked with patients that had suicided. She'd actually had, she had a pregnant woman who was the client before myself that her partner, his last three partners had all suicided and she was pregnant to him. Now, this is serious stuff. So we would think it's a little bit like cigarette ads, isn't it? You see those ads and you see how it's destroying your body and you know cognitively that this is ridiculous. Why am I doing this? But you can't stop yourself doing it. That's narcissistic abuse. You've got to shift level, levels of the toxicity cellularly because what happens is the peptide addiction is screaming out contact, 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 go to the source, go to the source, get more of that peptide. So... And no, you know, that's also just about thinking about the narcissist. Everything in your body is going to try to make you think about what happened to you. The injustices, the obsessions, the craziness. You're going to try, your mind is going to try and go into those things a hundred times over to try and get some sort of answer to get peace. It's a trick of the addiction. An absolute trick. So, and it doesn't work. So, what you have to do and you'll feel it. When you actually get your focus on yourself, if you were to sit down, pad and paper, research codependency, research boundary function, and ask yourself the question, why did I attract the narcissist? What gift is this in for me? What is it that I'm needing to heal? Why did this happen? What's the reason? Start writing those questions. Focus. Focus. Feel. Right. Right, 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 and make it all about yourself. You know what will happen? You will feel that feeling like that black ink going through your body. You all know what I mean if you've been through it, that you're shaking on the inside, that you've got ice coursing through your veins. 
That's your body telling you you are on the wrong track. You are hooking into the abuse. When you think about the narcissist, all of that's going to go for you. You're going to feel it. You're going to, it's going to run. It's going to surge. It's going to feel like that. When you actually sit down with your journal, pad and pen, and you start asking yourself the questions about yourself, and the focus comes off the narcissist into feeling into and working on yourself, you will feel, get body aware. You've got to get body aware. You will feel that causing will stop. Those adrenaline surges will stop. The blank ink will diminish. You'll feel it. You'll know it. And that's your body telling you, your infinite emotional intelligence telling you you're pointed in the right direction. You're on the right road. And then it becomes a journey of self-healing, of empowerment. It becomes a journey where I am going to see a healer once a week to get vibrational body work done, to get this toxicity out of my cells. I'm reading the right books. I'm journaling. I'm doing self-empowerment courses. I'm, and I absolutely, I absolutely suggest them more than support groups. Use your support group if you need to initially, but a support group isn't going to heal you. Ultimately, it's not going to do the deep inner work. It's going to help. It's going to give you support. But it is an accessory. It's not the answer. And what happens is that with people that get really truly into their journey of self-empowerment, many of them don't even go to support groups. Or if they do, they're not there for long. Because when you're actually becoming healed and empowered, you don't need support groups. You're doing the work on yourself. So you're going to have to trust yourself in that. But the thing is, Ultimately, we haven't granted ourselves attention. We haven't granted ourselves self-love, self-approval or self-healing or our own wholeness. And that's the only place we can get it from. Our divinity is from ourselves, through ourselves. People on the outside can tell you how to go about that, but they can never do it for you. Okay? People outside you don't have that power and that ability. You have to do it for yourself. So you've got to commit to yourself fully. And when you do... You'll feel a wholeness and a solidness and you're going to absolutely break that peptide addiction. You're going to start feeling a solidness and a trust in yourself and a knowing in yourself and an empowerment in yourself that you didn't even know existed. And that's when you start to heal. And then what will happen is narcissistic abuse is not your reality. You're going to know truth. You're going to trust yourself. When you get triggers, we all did with the narcissist and we ignored them and we rationalized them away, and we didn't ask the right questions, and we didn't set boundaries, and we didn't trust ourselves. That's why it happened. So you're not going to get narcissistically abused because you're not going to fall back into the same trap. Now, the thing is, if you've worked on yourself, and you've done a lot of work on yourself, if you slip, you may actually feel like it's done, it's dusted. I'm right back where I was. I promise you you're not. I promise you you're not. I'll tell you a story, what happened with me. Because I believe that every time we fall back into contact, what happens is we hit another level of pain and despair that if we really take responsibility for it and really get off the addiction and fully, fully pound into healing ourselves in this dip, you're going to come up into a much, much higher level. What happened to me is I'd been 12 months in no contact. I hadn't discovered body work. And what had happened was I got really sick. You know, I was doing really well with affirmations. I was journaling. I was, I was doing a lot of the good stuff. 
to to really really move forward. I was still agoraphobic, absolutely. I was still struggling with that, but I was 300% better than what I'd been when I was still hooked. And what had happened? I got a flu. I got really sick. I got really down. And I was just sitting at my computer. And I was having a look on a dating site because I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll start dating at some stage. It actually took me three and a half years before I decided to. Um, and it didn't have to take you that long. It really doesn't. But, and when I say three and a half years, I'd been separated at that point for over two years. I'd done a year of no contact, literally a year. And I was down. And anyway, I saw him on a dating site. And how he'd advertise himself was that he wanted a spiritual woman who was a spiritual man and all these beautiful versions. And he was actually describing what he wanted was, was who I was or, you know, what he... But, it, but this was it. He was going after women of integrity and spiritual women. And, and anyway, I just hit this spiral and I rang him. I rang him. And the, the conversation that ensued out of that was an hour of manic revoltingness I was right back and how it ended was was that he'd held me responsible for everything that happened he dragged in our lives you know everybody knows that I've talked to so many people and you'll be sure that all my therapists you know said that you'll be sure that and but and I was trying to defend and justify and I was crying and I was upset and I was completely hooked in and then how he ended off was I still love you I want you back I haven't ever let go of you I think we should both Go away, write out a list of what we need, we should meet, and we should meet in the middle. And I got off that phone call and I was absolutely terrorized. I was completely suicidal. And I actually went on suicide watch for three days. That's how bad I was because I hit the point and I couldn't function. Well, I'm either going to go back to the house and say, all right, let's do the list and we're back together and he's going to kill me. I'm going to die. I know I'm going to die. My body, the whole thought of doing that, going back to him, was racking my body with terror. My body was telling me, and this was my infinite intelligence, it was going into the future, down that road, that possibility, and delivering to me the emotional result of what would have happened. The other result, which was breaking away again, was hitting me with terror too. I thought I was hooked. I thought I was done. So my thought was, well, I'll go back to him. He's going to kill me. Or do I just go and get a prescription filled, get sleeping tablets and drive to a hotel room because I couldn't see any other way out. So this was me, this broken mess for three days. Now, what crossed my path was incredible. I heard about a kinesiologist. So, and I was so completely trashed that it was like, I'll do anything. I will do anything. I cannot stand being like this. I had my first kinesiology session. It was amazing. I came out of that and I thought, oh, my God, I can live. I can keep moving forward. That started my whole journey of body work, kinesiology, theta healing. I developed quantum freedom healing. It, it just changed everything. And from that moment on, it was like I had to have that dip to be able to clean up and heal what I hadn't been able to clean up and heal to that point. I got out of agoraphobia. I became, I went to a whole nother level because of the journey I went on as a result of breaking that no contact. So what I really want you to do is if you do break no contact, know you've done it because you still have stuff to heal. 
And that intense pain and despair and I've lost everything is not it. It's about, right, what is it that's still there that I haven't healed yet? And go and do. Get your focus off the narcissist. Get onto yourself and make yourself your greatest mission in healing that. Because if you do it, you're going to be able to do it. So I hope this show has helped you understand why you need to do no contact, what the physiological addiction is to that, how you can actually turn this around and get the bigger picture and get the results that narcissistic abuse was all about. And I really hope this is going to help you with your journey because when you're in aftershock, it's horrible. It's horrific. It really is. You ha- it's a make-or-break deal. You've got to pull out all the stops to get to the other side. You know, you're right in the quicksand and you've got to get out to the other side and you've got to do everything in your power to dedicate to yourself. So if you've got to carry on normal everyday life, and I did, and I don't know how I did, but you know what? I couldn't wait every night to get home, to get into bed, to get my day finished, to be able to get to my journal, to be able to do 11-11s, to be able to do processes on myself, to be able to meditate, to be able to listen to self-hypnosis tapes, to read that book about my dysfunctions that I was healing, to be able to write a gratitude list before I went to sleep. There was just so many things that I was doing every single day. I'd wake up every morning and put on 101 power affirmations and I'd meditate and I'd just do everything in my power to break through to the other side. Because I was really, I mean, a lot of people are, I was really battered and shattered by the time I did no contact. You know, both times around. And initially, when I started doing no contact, when I made it all about the narcissist, I fell on the hook every second day. Okay, I'm going to break away. I know I need to do this. Two, three days later, I couldn't stop myself from contacting him, going to see him, or responding to him trying to see me. It just went on for 18 months of ridiculousness. So, because I didn't have my focus on healing me. That's why. When you've got your focus fully on yourself and your journey and what you need to heal, that other person that has created all of this in your life becomes pretty insignificant because it's actually not about him. It's about you or her, of course, if she's a female narcissist. It's about you. So I hope that information helps. And, you know, really, if you know that somebody is struggling to get away from a narcissist, please share this link with them so that they can listen to it and start getting some clarity around it. And um, that's it for me for this week. And I'll be back next week. And this will be posted in Facebook. And as I said, please share. And you're welcome to write any comments or questions that you might have about it. And you can also email me at melanie at melanietonyarevans.com. All right. So lots of love, everybody. And I'll be back next week. Bye-bye.